0: Good morning and welcome to a Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith where significance blooms in athletics and sports right here on Survival Radio Network. Well, I have got great news. Our CEO and uh, a good friend, um, Clark Garrison, is at home and responding on social media. When I saw his like on something within uh, our Facebook group, oh, I just can't tell you, my heart just jumped a beat. And so uh, your prayers uh, are very much uh, appreciated uh, for his speedy recovery. Uh, this whole uh, our being together would not be if it was not for Clark Garrison, especially our Facebook group because – I had no idea about a Facebook group or no idea about a podcast. And he says, well, you're going to have to have a a um, accompanying Facebook page to go with your podcast. How do I do that? Uh, How do I get my logo? When I tell you, he walked me all the way through. So it's been six years, folks, six years um, that we have been together, and it's because of this man And I am just so glad that he is recovering at home and be able to enjoy what he created by um, sitting and to know that we have been carrying on while he has uh, been under care. So yay, Clark. Um, And I'm thinking about creating a resource guide uh, for the garden. And my number one resource would be Surviving the Lights, a professional athlete's playbook to avoid the curse by Tawana Smith. I I continue to um, press upon this book because this was an eye opening book for me um, as it relates to what happens after our student athletes embark upon the other side of athletics onto the pro side. And, uh, you know, things that we think are obvious. Like, should they uh, go purchase a house immediately? Or should they uh, get an apartment? Um, because, um, you know, you know what the kids say automatically, I want to buy my mother a house. And, uh, you know, you, there's no guarantee that even if you sign immediately, if you're going to be with that team. So, can you get out the lease, the mortgage? You know, so you need somebody to have those kind of conversations. Uh, Most of all of my students want to be sports agents. But I've been telling them this. The NCAA uh, requires anyone that assists um, any athlete uh, to be uh, certified. So that means even me as a uh, somewhat PR person, publicist, you know, I would have to be certified. So it's not just the people who do the contracts. It's the folks who, who manage the house, the home finances, um, the publicity, um, all of those things. And so one of the things that I try to press upon is the fact, yes, you want people that you trust, but do you want also want people who are knowledgeable about your process? Now, you know that your student-athletes come to you for advice about everything, but this may be something you're not familiar with. And it's not something that you can go by watching the TV. This, the uh, uh, Tawana Smith has done this, um, and she has uh, has great testimonials uh, from young people who have gone through the process. And uh, research shows that peer education is a more effective way to get um, individuals inspired and motivated to go in the direction that you're trying to achieve. That's the same thing with me. You know, if it's something I'm trying to tell one of my clients, I, you know, they might not take it from me, but I'll give them a book because they take ownership from it. So this is a book I believe that you should get, have on your bookshelf, and you got time now, y'all, got time. And it's three different formats, audio book, paperback, and ebook all on Amazon, all on Amazon. Uh, and let me just tell you this. You know, so many people will do the copycat piece. If someone so think, must think it's good, I must think it's good, and I must get. So if the NFL bought this book for all the participants of the Celebration Bowl, what do you think that means? That means you should have the book as well. If they found value in sharing this with college students who may or may not go to the next level, you should take the same thought process. You may or may not have any student athletes go to the next level. And we're not just don't mean football. This book is great for track athletes, uh, uh, anyone who has a desire to go to the next level and how to prepare for that and how not to hit the brick wall as it relates to finances. And there's even a script, there's even a script in there a how to let down friends and family down as to say, yes, I want you to be part of my team, but not just that team. They need to have guidance on how uh, to navigate that. And I'm 1,000% sure that this is the book to do it. Uh, here's another resource. Dr. Janice Hilliard, um, who formerly uh, worked with athlete development for the NBA. Um, she's a sister uh, athletic preneur out here. And her summit, which was to uh, uh, take place um, in person in Florida, she has decided to put it 100% online. And I'm so proud of her. Uh, she did call me and say, you know, what should I do? I said, take it all online. Take it all online. And so I'm so glad she took my advice. So Women in Athlete Development Symposium, April 5th and 6th, with over a dozen, a dozen speakers, will be 100% online. And I noticed some of our former guests from the Chat Garden are going to be on there, including Dr. Stephanie Coakley, Senior Associate AD, Mental Health and Wellness Performance um, at Temple University. I highly, highly, honestly, I did got great speakers, but I have worked with this uh, individual. I've seen her in action. I I actually implemented some of her uh, tactics that she used with student-athletes um to enhance their uh, concentration and how to deal with distractions. I've seen her in action um, uh give a workshop on that. So I again it's another person I 1000% recommend if anything just to hear her uh about her tactics, how she does that. And um yeah, if if uh if you have the time from April uh 5th and 6th Make sure you join that. As another guest of the podcast that's going to be on the docket, is Erica Nelson, student at the Development University of Arizona. She has a great background because she's also worked on the professional side and now I've taken her talents to the university side. So if you have um, a desire, especially our undergrad and our grad students that are listening um, you definitely want to take a, 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 a look at co- listening to this and being a part of this um, because these are some heavy hitters in the business. Um, and um, also those who want to um, look at doing it on a professional side, this is also where you need to be. Um, I've sent some of my students to it because, again, uh, they wanted to attend, but uh, you know, I can't get down to. I think it was it was in Florida. I'm not sure what what city in Florida. Um, but I said, "Oh, great! Here's opportunity for them to attend, and I'm also sending one of my um, um, Advanced Academy slash Speakers Bureau uh, members to attend. So I want to send you as well to register. Go to HilliardSolutions.com. Go to HilliardsSolution.com, dot com. All right, and to register, April fifth and sixth. Uh, I am so grateful. Uh, you know, by me being a uh, athleticpreneur, I am teaching my classes on Tuesday and Thursday, and love it so. Glad that I am able uh, to see my students continue to have uh, interaction with them and to keep them encouraged. Um interesting enough, I have been doing Zoom um uh lessons. Anyway, ever since I've been teaching for the last for the last 5 years, um because when I travel, I never cla- I never cancel class. And it's so funny. They all know, oh no, she's still going to have class. It says she'll have class on a train, plane, automobile. This is true. I have been on the side of the road and had my Zoom class. Uh, and so uh yeah, I'm pretty professional in Zoom now. I even got it so good that I can put people in groups and then report back. And then I can look now, don't think they're gonna be in a group and just do their own thing. No. I can go in and sit in on their little group and then come back and go to another group. So it's like again, and, you know, this is true. They might not interact with me in the big group, but they were interact in smaller groups. And then, just like we do in person, have a reporter to report back out and what we find. And, um, you know, learning, I'm a lifelong learner. So learning needs to take place uh, no matter what is going on, on the outside. Because, again, you all, you, you remember this when you were a kid, it said whatever you learn, no one can take that away from you. So let us expand our minds and engagement. So that being said, I am really glad uh, that uh, Danita Rogers, Athletic Director at Langston University, uh, is still uh I was I was supposed to do a virtual workshop anyway with her, um, in April. Uh she was gonna have her student athletes all gather, um, I wanna say like a bed at breakfast or something like that. And then I was going to uh, connect with them via Zoom anyway. And then so uh, with their student-athletes going home, uh, we decided we're going to still do that, still be engaged. And we're partnering a little bit with student affairs as well. Um, And so we're still still in the month of March, which is the the International Celebration of Women on the the month of March. And uh, so... Uh, This was her idea, which was great. She purchased 25 of my books, uh, Removing the Face, um, with my chapter. um, It pertains to the public figures mass, Exit Stage Left. And so um, I also created a workbook just to help guide uh, the young people to to see how the story will help them guide them. Um, Because even... Um, uh, from a public figure Talking about leadership But uh, our young people Just like our guest today Oh my gosh I'm so excited becomes a public figure depending upon uh, what kind of first They embark upon And um, let's just be honest You know being the first There's a lot of pressure to it uh, And some of it's imposed upon yourself And how do you handle that How do you handle that and then, you know, uh, the other part, which I don't necessarily deal with in the book, is is when uh, you're no longer a public figure, how do you deal with that? That's where my good friend, Dr. Stephanie Coakley, comes about. And I really am, uh, am just, you need to get a mental health trainer some type of way on your Rolodex, on your phone, um, because these are the times where you don't know um uh, where young people's minds are going, especially when things that are theirs and has been taken away, and that's a grieving process. So that's what I really do talk about in the book as well, is the fact uh, how do you deal with loss when you are a public figure and the importance of counseling. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's so important, I, especially uh, when in our culture, uh, counseling is is we say prayed away, and yes, there's some of that in the book as well. Um, but when I partnered all both of those, uh, I could see the light of day, and I was a much better, a uh, professional to help, uh, um, you, me, and everyone. And so one of the things that I've seen that we've been saying is that the practicing gratitude. And so, you know, when you can name uh, things that you are grateful for, um, you can't have a bad thought and a good thought at the same time. So you can't have a worry thought and a praise thought at the same time. So these are some of the things that I'm going to be talking about in the workshop that we're doing. Um, And so, again, thank you, Demeter Rogers, for organizing a virtual retreat with the female student athletes. And, um, hey, I was already in the thought process of creating the E- workbook, and I'm on it now. So, again, this is the time, y'all, to create things that you would thinking maybe I should or would create this. And so, again, our theme is uh, growth mindset. My activities are surrounding that. So if you're looking for ways to engage your student-athletes and your staff, I can also do the staff retreats virtually, contact me or visit my website, info uh for workshop titles and whatnot now I am when I tell you, I'm over the top many of you all received a uh, individual invitation, and since I've been online I see uh someone say, "Yes, ma'am, uh she's gonna sign up, so I got a call um last week about um from my old friend, I had to tell you old friend, Dr. Chico. Carlwell. Um, He has been a sitting AD, and he was athletic director for one of the institutions when I worked for the CIAA. And um, we were catching up, and we were talking about uh, uh, the current status of athletic departments and what presidents were looking for. And uh, we, talked for, we talked for a very long time, and then we talked the next day. We talked three days in a row. And I said, well, let's just do this you know, again, I bring resources to you that I agree with, that I believe in. And so, um and and this is this is very similar to uh me going to uh Dr. Harvey's executive institute that was for presidents. And I didn't go for me to seeking to be a president. I went to figure out the thought process of presidents so I could be a better service as a consultant for athletic department. So this is very similar. Um, Dr. Carwell is, is very much in tune to the current uh, mindset of presidents. He still has presidents to call him and, and bring him to their campuses. And most importantly, recently he's become executive search consultant at Greenwood and Asher Associates. He has a good handle on what today's presidents are looking for in directive athletics. So this is a training you need to be a part of. If anything else, so that your name can be on the radar of Dr. Cartwell. So get registered today. Uh, on Thursday, which is tomorrow at 11 a.m., uh, we're talking creating a success culture for athletics with Dr. Chico Cartwell. A free training. Keyword free training this Thursday at eleven AM just go to Success Culture Consulting Coach Success Culture Consultant to register. Um even if you may have a um, Another meeting at the same time, a couple of people told me they did. Still register so that you can get uh, updates on the next webinar, okay? So that's com. Well, folks, I am totally, totally, totally excited about our guest today. Um, and, you know, you know you must have. You know, you must have the person on your show when the person's provost contacts you and says, "Have you considered? Do you know?" And I was like, "You know, I have talked to this young lady on um on LinkedIn because she sent in some questions uh, for our, some of our current podcast folks, and so I am so excited, and I'm gonna call her what 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 uh, what she said." Um, but I'm going to say her her government name, Um, Coach Adnishia Curry. Coach Eddie, as I hear, is that you go by. Welcome to the garden. Welcome. Thank you so much. Do you hear your tears? Do you hear your tears?
1: Yes, I do. (laughs) That's just for you. (laughs) I love it, love it. Appreciate it so
0: much. Well, I did not uh, give you the whole uh, the whole intro because I want everybody to hear your journey, but I just want to say this. People, this is a historic moment, okay? And, again, I know uh, uh, Coach Curry is not an administrator, but I will say this. By her being doing what she's doing has an impact on administration because she is the only Division One. Assistant coach for the men's basketball program at University of Maine. And so, leadership is leadership. And where other individuals can say, "Oh, wow, you know, this is this, this this is," I'm just so touched that you are excited about being here, and I'm excited about you being here. And I got plenty of questions, so let's jump right on in and talk about your journey from college to now. Wow,
1: my journey um my journey is very unique. I took a unorthodox way um to get in the position I am now. Um it actually took me 10 years to get my first yes um to be a college coach. And most people, you know, get discouraged and, you know, say okay, maybe this is not for me, but when I committed to being a coach, um, I decided to stick with it, and instead of getting discouraged that I was a former um, WNBA player, 10-year professional player, you know, had everything that on my resume that I thought, oh, I'm definitely going to, you know, get my yes um, to be a college coach, um, I decided to leave America. Hmm. So my first journey in coaching was um, in the Middle East. Know.
0: Hold on. Uh, Let's start from college. Where would you go to college?
1: I went to college at University of Oregon um, where I graduated in 2002. And then I got uh, drafted by the WNBA where I played for the Phoenix Mercury and the L.A. Sparks. And then I played 10 years professionally in Europe and the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. So after that, um, I just decided to go uh, to Israel. Um, Mm. I got a coaching job over there, um, and I lived there for a year and a half um, using basketball as a tool to navigate through the conflict between Arab and um, Jewish youth. And it was was very interesting, you know, and that's when like a light bulb came on for me where I realized the power of the sport, Mm. and it really was, you know, bigger than a game. And I did that for a year and a half, and I was still applying for jobs in America, and I'm still getting those, still getting those. Mm -hmm. And from there, I uh, went to coach in China, and uh, I coached on a professional team and um, still applying, still applying for jobs. And this is about close to four years uh, post-retirement, still, no, 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 you don't have enough experience, you don't have a, a Rolodex, um, but we're going to go in a different direction. Um, I even got in situations where I was at the last end of, you know, about to get a job, and they were like, oh, we decided to change. So my route was very, very, very hard. And then from China, I went to Vietnam to coach, you know, professional basketball there. And I, it was eight months, eight months into my contract and I got a call and it was through a mutual friend in Gannon Baker. And he said, do you want to come home and coach or, you know, you're fine coaching overseas. And I said, yeah, I would go. I mean, I've been playing professionally. I've been away from my family and friends all my life. You know, you know, this is going on 18 years. I've been mm. out of America, you know, uh, home was foreign to me now, you know, cause I just mm. wasn't home, you know, a lot. And I said, yes. And he said, okay, my, my friend Richard Baron um, needs a player development coach or scout, et cetera. And you're really good at this. And I, and I was like, again, and they're all going to say, you know, she doesn't have any experience in college and et cetera. And he was like, no, you can get this job. I promise you. So Richard Barron and his – Coach Barron and his assistant coach at that time, Amy Bashan, called me on Skype. We literally had a great hour-and-a-half Skype call. The next day he offered me the position, and within a week I was flying from Vietnam to Orono, Maine to coach Mm. on the women's basketball program. Mm. So I started with Coach Barron on the women's side coached there for two years. He didn't care about, you know, that I didn't have eight years of college experience, you know, because he just looked at my skill set. And after two years of coaching with him, he got ill and I took another job. And it was a week into the job and something in my gut and my grandmother always said, you know, listen to your spirit when it's talking to you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: in my gut, I was like, I don't want this job. I don't know what it is. I don't want this job. And I resigned. And I was, was like, job this a is not the direction. It was a coaching job. It was a women's basketball coaching job. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, no way. Why would you do that? It took you so long to get in. You know how long... It takes a get in. You're, you're not going to get another job again. Like, you ruin your chance. And I'm like, I'm telling you guys, I'm doing the right thing. I said, I know me, and I'm always going to trust me over the mm-hmm. the the idea of what everybody thinks your journey should be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did that, and I ended up taking an A-B position at a charter school teaching mm. health running a sports program for middle school and high school. But at the same time, I didn't tell anybody that I was a part of the NBA assistant coaches program. So everybody was looking at me like, you you left Division I women's basketball to just run a high school, middle school program? And I never told anybody anything. I'm traveling to New York with the NBA, doing oh. orientations, training, learning, all this. Because I felt it was, you know, it was my journey, and I wanted to enjoy it. And, you know, one thing with my journey, I've always been able to block out noise.
0: Mm-hmm. And sometimes
1: noise is other people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I went through this whole process, and all of a sudden, here comes the draft combine. And my mm-hmm. phone is blowing up because I didn't tell anybody I was going to be coaching on the NBA draft combine event. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, wait a minute did I just see you at the NBA Draft Combine next to Jerry Stackhouse and Mm -hmm. Pat Delaney coaching? And I said, yes. They were like, you've been doing this. I said, it wasn't your business. You know, I said, (laughs) I I wanted to enjoy my dream. I feel like, yeah, I never felt like I needed to tell anybody what I was doing. After that experience, during that time, you know, me and Coach Barron stayed connected. And he had received an offer to be the men's basketball coach. So I sent him a simple text. Congratulations, coach. I'm proud of you. I'm glad that, you know, you're healthy again and you can do what you love again. That was it. He said, thanks, Eddie. Talk to you soon. And I said, okay. Literally the next day, he called me in the morning and said, do you have time to talk? And I said, yes. He said, I want to offer you the second assistant position on, on the staff here. Would you take it? I said, yes, coach. When do I start?
0: Mm-hmm. And that's literally how I became a men's basketball coach. <laughs> wow. Well, I got a couple of questions um, before I get to the questions that came in. And I'll tell you, uh, the women were jumping with these questions. <laughs> but um, I have a, a question that deals with, um, you're overseas. Was there a language barrier, and how did you overcome that, if it was?
1: No, it you know, I was pretty much really blessed. I didn't have any problem with the language barriers. Um, most of the teams that I played on, uh, all the players, you know, spoke English. Mm. In, so it really wasn't a problem. And I think that one country um, I played in, Hungary, uh, mm-hmm. the coach, he was the only coach I had that couldn't speak English, I mean, at all. And mm-hmm. I was the point guard, but, you know, I had a really good agent, and a majority of the teams will have a translator. So I always mm-hmm. had a translator with me if there was, like, a head coach or leadership that, you know, couldn't speak really um, good English. But I didn't have um, any issues with the language um, barriers um, while I played abroad.
0: And my second question um my class. Oh shoot! I was supposed to ask him have some questions. I'm supposed to check. Let me go do that too. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things we were talking about was about um, differences um, and about international students coming into America and uh, being so young and being away from their family. And we talked about their mental health. So even though you were older, how did you? What kind of strategy did you use? Um, to deal with being you said like ten years you've been away from the United States and you were playing, how did you cope? you know what it, it, it was it was
1: different I mean you know I was my first year when I was in Greece that probably was like my the hardest year for me. It was just mm-hmm. different you know um the only other American I had was on my team, which helped it was kind of like you know we had roommates but your overall life, you know, you had to adjust. And I took on the mindset of this is like college. I'm a freshman. Let me figure out how to navigate. Let me figure out what stores I like, you know, um, the routes to the gym. And I kind of took it as that adventure, but I also wasn't afraid to use outside resources. And I think, you know, when it comes to your mental health and adjusting to new ways of life, the communication piece, is very important and because I was 22 instead of 18 I had already matured and had that communication piece down so instead of struggling I was going to ask the coach you know where to go I was going to you know reach out to his wife you know my agent the leadership on the team I was comfortable saying okay I need to figure out how to become comfortable in this new environment and they were able to help me and You know, I always had really great teammates, you know, so I was always going over their house and with their family on holiday. So I was, like, really, you know, bonding and accepting that this was my new home and it wasn't like, okay, America and then wherever I played overseas.
0: Hmm. That's some good info because you just said uh, when you're dealing with some change, and so that's that's what we're dealing with, and you got to communicate. You can't. Now that's something. Even though you moved in silence, uh, when you're dealing with something, you cannot stay in silence. That's not that that's that's the issue right there. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go with one of my questions, and then we're going to break. Um, this young lady, man, she jumped on the questions before you even said. When I, you know how I, I she's like, "Are you taking questions uh, for yeah. Wednesday yet?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay," and I almost missed it because it wasn't in my list. She said, "I'm so excited." She says, um, "So she, some of this you already answered." Uh, uh, okay, so here's the question. This is Angela Whetstone uh she is a one of my members of my advance academy, and uh just recently uh on my call on on my mastermind call uh she's supposed to be working um as an intern i believe beg my pardon what's the team what's the w n b team in oh in atlanta the dream
1: the dream yes the yes. dream.
0: Yeah, so we're still waiting to hear about, you know, how what kind of season they're going to have. But, yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, but she's been director of operations um, um, for a couple of institutions, and she really loves this. And so she wants to know, how did you get buy-in from players?
1: Uh, uh, being myself, um, I think a lot of coaches, you know, look up and have mentors, and they kind of copycat their way um, Mm -hmm. into, you know, getting buy-in because they see what coaches are doing on Instagram or they see, you know, how they move, and they copycat. And Mm -hmm. players, I love players because they're just brutally honest. They may be brutally honest verbally or non-verbally, but you're going to know when your player is not filling you. And Mm -hmm. I always tell, you know, young coaches when they, you know, how do you do it, how do you do it? I said, I'm just me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a new relationship. You know, my guys at first, they didn't know me. You know, they knew of me, but they didn't know me. I knew of them, but I didn't really know them. Mm -hmm. And it takes time to get buy-in. I think a lot of coaches make a mistake because, they have that label, coach, oh, I'm the coach, you know, automatically. You're supposed to listen to me. I know what's right from you, and that doesn't work. And I think when you just look at it from a, a human perspective and a relationship perspective, okay, this is a new person in my life. What what, what kind of relationship do I want with him or her? And mm-hmm. go from go from that
0: standpoint,
1: you know, you get buy-in
0: faster. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, I, what I took is just be yourself because they can, they can yeah. smell you a mile away. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to take a really a short break here on Chatting the Guard with Monique A.J. Smith here on Survival Radio Network. When we return, we'll continue chatting with Coach Eddie. This is
1: Michelle McKinney, the owner of Third Degree Solutions, I would like to introduce you to our program, Excel After Sports, where we are a career services for the athletes. Our goal is to create well-rounded athletes and to aid them to be successful on and off the field. Our mission is to prepare them for the evolution of their next. We accomplish this by creating a series of professional development workshops tailored to the athletes. We know that an athlete's time is limited, So we'll work with you and your teams to tailor a schedule that fits everybody's needs. So please contact me, Michelle McKinney, at 3rd Degree Solutions, 919-271-8351, the career services for your athletic department, as we aid you and your team to excel after sports. Hi, this is Eric Smith, also known as the financial literacy coach or the money coach. You know, financial literacy is the one life skill that every single one of your students is going to need in life. Without financial literacy, their life will be much more difficult, but with it, it's going to be much better. And there's no one better to increase financial literacy than the Financial Literacy Coach. We can be reached at area code 770-527-4380 by email at eric. The Financial Literacy Coach One more time by phone That's area code 770-527-4380 And by email Eric at The Financial Literacy I wish you the best
0: Hi Are you frustrated at work? Do you want to know how to position yourself for promotion? Then Queens Moves is the workshop for you Why? Because as women, we need to know our value, be confident in our options, and seize opportunities when they come along, just like a well-played queen in the game of chess. My name is Michelle Larkin of Yumi Connections, and I have developed an online workshop to teach you how to think strategically, develop a personal strategy, build confidence, and create professional momentum. I encourage you to visit net for more details and more information about signing up and registering. This course will equip and inspire you to move like the queen that you are. Classes start November 1st.
1: Royal Court for Us, established in 2017, is a jewelry and apparel company. Our bracelets and clothing designs use vibrant colors and come with their own purpose and meaning. Our company focused on empowering, inspiring, unifying, and reminding each other that we come from royalty, that we are strong and powerful, and it's imperative that we support each other. So check us out on Instagram at Royal Court For Us or our website at www.royalcourtforus.com.
0: 14 years as a professional athlete and I never once went into a game without a plan. But when it came to the money game, I had no clue where to start. If you're feeling the same way, I would like to help you evaluate, plan, and execute your way to victory in your finances. I'm Nakia Sanford, Regional Vice President with Primerica Financial Services. Give me a call. 404-940-9887 That's 404-940-9887 It helps to have a pro on your team.
1: Why do colleges support student-athletes pursuing every profession except professional sports? Why are they treated as the students when they're athletes, knowing that they need help surviving the lights? I'm Tawana Smith, and as a former Division I and pro-athlete and now best-selling author, I've created a transition system specifically for student-athletes called Surviving the Lights. For more information, visit www.survivingthelights.com to learn how we can change the game together. If you're a woman looking to enter or advance in the athlete development industry,
0: I personally invite you to register for the April 5th and 6th Virtual Women in Athlete Development Symposium and Networking Event. Hi, I'm Dr. Janice Hilliard, founder of Hilliard Solutions, inviting you to visit HilliardSolutions.com to ensure your participation in this important educational and networking online event. Let's face it, the AD position is an executive position, a member of the president's administrative team, the cabinet. The department deserves the same level of leadership, knowledge, talent, experience, and professionalism as any top official on campus. Presidents are looking for AD leadership who know how to build a success culture. Recognizing this changing landscape in athletics, join me at successcultureconsultantcoach.com for info on my next course, on building a success culture. Welcome back. I'm your host, Monique A.J. Smith, here in the Chattanooga Garden with Sniffin' Blooms in athletics and sports. So, questions, questions, questions. All right, so we have Tara Gibbs, basketball coach and scout. The men's game is more athletic. What type of adjustments have you had to make in your coaching style?
1: Oh, wow, I get that question a lot. Um, I haven't had to make any adjustment um, to the men's game. Uh, You know, a lot of people say the men's game is more athletic. You know, I think that's kind of like a gender bias question. And I always say, I said, you know, uh, I have, I know women and young girls who can dunk, and I have Division I men's basketball players that can barely touch the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's the the difference is the way the game is marketed. The mm-hmm. the men's game is marketed as more athletic, more this, you know, and that's across the board with men's sports. Everything with men's, no matter what level it is, it's better. Boys all the way up to men's programs. Um, so I haven't had to make any adjustments. I think they had to had to adjust more to the gender bias that they heard, you know, Mm -hmm. from outside noise of being coached by a woman.
0: Thank you, dear. Because, see, you know, I I didn't tell you this. I'm making my um, (coughs) psychosociology of sport class, which is really society and sports class listen to this podcast and so class if you're listening she actually answered the question because ha- I gave them an assignment last week I said well give me a genderless sport then because you all just assume that everything is stronger and what not uh, and I said, G- I said you all weren't born, but I watched with my two eyes live uh, the battle of the sexes okay I think I was like seven or eight and so Okay, so tell me, you just constantly say that. So we're talking about basketball, and it's interesting. One of my students has, she says she knows you. She's so excited. But even she, bless her heart, she we we talked about, I said, any differences in the paint. Cause I said, What's the differences? I said, you know, is there differences with men playing the paint and women playing the paint? And, you know, we've been socialized to say that. We don't have any one percent evidence. And so... You actually went down the path that I wanted you to go, and I appreciate you. Thank you. So here's a question. Mercy Amici, she's one of my students. She says she knows you. She told you that, you, that, that she was in my class. She wants to know what advice for young people who are being inspired to follow your uh, footsteps, what advice do you have for
1: them? Um, you have to block out noise. Mm-hmm. Um, from outside people I wouldn't be here if I was listening to um the advice and the the just the opinions of so many naysayers and I realized on my journey like you said you know a lot of people's opinion of you is based on you know how they've been socialized how the mm-hmm. world has been socialized Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're a woman and you've decided to do what is not socially a norm, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, wow, you know, how did you do this? And I said, like anything else, you know, I went for it. And I didn't jump into anything thinking um, what if because I'm a woman, You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have that mindset, and I think a lot of times people go into things already because they're so socialized to think that, you know, a woman is less than what the society thinks. I didn't care what anybody thinks. I knew I was a good coach. I knew Mm -hmm. I was a qualified coach. I worked my tail off, and I was going to go achieve a dream no matter what. And you have Mm -hmm. to have that mentality um, if you want to pursue the path that, you know, I'm pursuing now.
0: Okay. Well, I did have some of my students to send in some questions, so I guess I better use some of them. Elisa um, uh, uh, Sweeney, she's a women's basketball player on Hampton's team, and so was Mercy. She said, yes. would you want to hum?
1: Yes, I know Mercy, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, she told me. She was so excited. Um, yeah. She said, uh, but this is Sweeney, who's also on the team. She said, "Would you want to be a head coach, or men, or women?"
1: I want to be a head men's basketball coach. Okay. Plain and simple.
0: As the kids would say, point blank, point.
1: To the she point. Did, she didn't no, miss any words. No,
0: not no confidence.
1: Not thinking about it. I want to be a head men's basketball coach.
0: All right. I hope you can feel my grin over here.
1: <laughs> I can feel
0: it. Okay, uh, Brooklyn, uh, she's uh, Irvin Brooklyn. She is uh, a volleyball player here at Hamp University. She says, where do you turn for advice and guidance in such a unique position? Even though you say you don't, where do you? I mean, who is, you know?
1: Um, I do, I do. You know, um, when I mean I don't, I, I do look for advice, but I, I take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I do have a tribe of people um, that move in silence who have been supporting me um, mm-hmm. since the beginning on this journey, and those are the people that I always go to when things are not going the right way, or mm-hmm. you know, I need I have an idea and I want to make a move. You know, they're my sound soundboards, but you know. It's a small, unique set of women and men, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we just kind of bounce ideas off. It's like a collaborative group and we're all kind of, you know, um, which I mm-hmm. love, you know, we fight, we debate, you know, and it really helps me. So I do have about five people that are my go-to tribe when, you know, I need to, you know, an ear to listen
0: to me. Okay. Here is Terri Sanders, who is an assistant volunteer coach with the men's team at Hamp University. What are the three top aspects you emphasize doing a workout? Wow. Um, well,
1: it, it depends on the workout, but the three things that uh, I tell my players, I said, I always tell them, I said, be engaged. Mm-hmm. be open minded and if you're having a bad day don't make it our bad day <laughs> those are those are literally three things that I always tell my players be engaged be open minded and do not make your bad day our bad day and it mm-hmm. kind of you wakes them up and they laugh but yeah i i literally those are the one of the the three keys that i always use and then we kind of go in um to workouts, learning because each workout is different. Each workout is is a new experience for them, and I try okay. to keep each workout messy. You know, it's okay. something that I learned from coaching in Europe. You know, messy learning. You know, to kind of get the creative mind. I'm not a oh. very dictator coach. You know, I don't. I don't like the whole. Um, Remember and repeat. I allow my players an open um, mic, I call it, where they can communicate back and forth. It's very collaborative and it's different, but it's, it's lessons that I learned coaching abroad. I'm not a dictator. I don't have whistles. They're not animals. We use words. We talk to each other. Um, and, and it really builds the bond and relationship. Where when they come, they're excited to learn because they're a part of this experience. Because it's really for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to to, to coach you a little bit, okay? So yes. that that you just create, you just said right there, you need to um, make that a course because you got time on your hands now. Everybody doesn't coach that way. And so, because you learned it in Europe, how many coaches had the opportunity to coach in Europe? And so, yeah. um. have you seen success with that? Even if you just make a uh, LinkedIn post about that, and and then you um, get some people who want to gather with you to learn how to do that, you're not giving any secrets away for University of Maine. This is just your style, which is very unique. And... um. Let's just be honest. Niches becomes riches, and so um, let's just take it from the other side. You look on your you look on how many. It, it's interesting. How many women of color of basketball have a book? And I only know one. On the listen. way, huh?
1: Mine's on. Mine's on the way.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm
1: talking about. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm writing it now. It's on the way. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing a book. It's on the way.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm happy, and you know, you yeah. got to promote that book here.
1: Yes, I will.
0: Oh, this, this. You should see my grand. Oh my gosh! See, I didn't even know you were yeah. writing one. I was just, just trying to keep, take little baby steps. You know what I mean? Just write that part. No. And see how, okay, <laughs> she she knows she knows. Okay.
1: Yeah, you got you got to share. You know, you got to share. You know, you know. Part of inspiration um, and learning is, you know, comes in the power of books. You know, long. You know, books last longer than I will ever last. You know, so. Um, I got a chance to inspire and grow people, you know, I, I'm always sharing, you know, open practices, you know, Coach Barron lets anybody come to practice and watch me, um, watch how I teach, you mm. know, it's an, it's, it's an open book, it's an open process, um, I, I share whatever I have, you know, um, because, you know, people hold on to things and I'm like, they can't be me. <laughs> right they, they can't be me and that's that's the power in um sharing. Once you have the confidence to share and, and give away things, you realize the the power is you and being authentic, um, within yourself.
0: That's powerful. And I I have to be honest, I didn't do a whole book, I just did a chapter within a book. But um and I talk about my athletic uh Journey being one of the first, um, one of the first female SIDs and one of the first female uh, Ds at twenty eight, and so, um, and, and most importantly, so that uh, some of the pitfalls I had, the other individuals can uh, see it head on and, and take a different route. Um, and so, yeah, I, I say this is what I say all the time. Readers are leaders, and seeds are reads, and get you some some reads so that you can grow. Yep. So that being said, what books have you read that shaped your leadership
1: style? Wow. (sighs) What books have I read that kind of shaped my leadership style?
0: Man. Now, hold on, on. I did give you these questions beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: you know, I was I was struggling with this before because I think my leadership style comes from experience,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because I had the opportunity to just be abroad overseas mm-hmm. for so long. And, you know, when you're coaching in those environments, you're seeing so many different leaders, mm-hmm. you know, from other countries, you know, I'm I'm picking leadership from my coach in Hungary, and then mm. the next season it's Poland, then the next season it's Greece, then the next season it's Israel, you know, and then it's the WNBA with the Sparks and the WNBA with Phoenix. Then it's, you know, back to France or, you know, Germany. And then all of these experiences with people and how we handle conflict and especially in Israel, how do we handle conflict? And going in different neighborhoods um, Shape my leadership style. And I think it's allowed me why I'm so open to communication and relationships and being collaborative because I had to – that's how I grew up in basketball from the age of 22 to 35 when I retired. Um, and then three years later, you know, coaching abroad, you know, when you do have language barriers, and you know they know English, but it's not their first language, mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. to have a different understanding. You know, mm-hmm. like you may say things, and you think they don't know it, but you know you think they know it, but they don't. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it it's helped me with my players. You know, mm-hmm. I I really force my players to communicate to me and make it a comfortable environment where they're okay not being right. Mm. And I think that that's a a hard, hard lesson for players. And I always say you're not going to know anything, and I always say that you're not going to know everything, and it's okay. It's okay if you mess up today in front of me. It's all right. You know, I'm not going to put you down. I'm not going to say anything. We're going to get this together. And just that constant communication is what I learned in Europe because I was communicating with teammates that were like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to work this out because I un- I know English, but your English is different than the English I taught in class. So mm. I-, I think my leadership came from my global world experience in coaching and playing.
0: Mm. Now, I, from an administrative standpoint, that is really great information because if you don't let people fail or or take risks, then you're number one. You're not going to get the information you need to do to be a, be- a better athletic director, number one, because they're going to be afraid to tell you because they don't want to be uh, in the doghouse. And yes. um, that's really important. And then just work together. Uh, and, and it's really important, especially if you're AD and you, let's just say that you brought um, – lacrosse and you have never been around lacrosse you've got to bake it so that uh, the lacrosse coach can talk to you and explain to you what the needs are versus you saying no this is how this goes uh i got i, I got a rude uh awakening to that when my track coach came to me with his requisition about some track shoes and i said i just bought you some i'm not doing this and then he quickly explained to me that cross-country has a different track shoe, indoor track has a different, and the outdoor has a different one. So, you know, yes. if he had been one of my former students who became my coach, he wouldn't have felt comfortable to to say, well, look at here. let me educate you, let me influence you uh, in the right direction. And so I just want to say thank you. I want to thank Kimberly Whitehead, the chief of staff at University of Maine, for saying you need to bring her on the podcast.
1: Yes, thank you, Kimberly.
0: (laughs) And so thank you all uh, for for joining us today. Thank you for uh, our engineer today, uh, Christine Lockley. And uh, join us next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for podcast updates. Join us on a Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith on Facebook. Have a significant rest of the day.